right, and welcome to another edition of the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. I'm Steve Zotke. And Jeff Orlowski, Polish Pipe Bomb here. Joining you on a glorious bye week. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, who had the Packers at 8-2? and two? Uh, Not me, not me, but pleasantly surprised, I will tell you this. It's interesting. There's an interesting thing going on in Packer Nation now. There's a lot of people that are like, "Wow, this is like really cool," but there's a there's that under underlaying trepidation, isn't there? Yeah, there is. You know, people are waiting for for the shoe to drop, and uh, part of it is because the expectations weren't as high as what the Packers have delivered. Uh, part of it is because we're used to getting our heart broken, and uh, not just from Green Bay, but from uh, the the Brewers and the Badgers and the Bucks and everybody else. Uh, so they're just waiting for the inevitable, what they consider to be the ine- inevitable collapse. There's there's a lot of concern. I shouldn't say a lot. There is some concern with some of us, me including, uh, and other people have mentioned it about the defense. And they're soft up the middle. There's some um, concern with Mike Patton. And in my feeling, there's 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 two ways this could go. The worst way is that is yes, we're correct. We should be concerned. There is a problem. Uh, it's you know they uh, there's a problem with Blake Martinez. Of course, he's basically only playing with one hand. Is Darnell Savage really uh, healthy? Is he what, what percent is he really at? He's out there playing, but is he really only playing at seventy-five percent? Is he at eighty percent? And then the other side of it, and this is what I'm hoping: the glass, the Kool-Aid drinking Steve, is is thinking that you know what, this is fine. They're, they're not healthy. They need to get healthier. And then when playoff time comes or those final divisional games happen, Patton's going to throw some wrinkles in. He is going to blitz more. It'll be a different-looking uh, defense that we see from now. Yeah, you know, I'm not that concerned about the defense. We saw and we have seen what they're able to do. I think that um, I think they're going to bounce back. I think Patton's going to show a lot of things that that he hasn't shown in the first half of the year. Um, down the stretch here, I think that, uh, you know, I still have faith. I'm very impressed with the way that Kevin King has played this season. Uh, you said Blake Martinez, he's playing with one arm and, uh, hopefully that only gets better, but, uh, you know, you still have the Smith brothers that are kicking ass week in week out. So I'm not that concerned. I, uh, I think green Bay's in good should great shape actually. If you watch, when was that Monday night? When the San Francisco Seattle game? Yeah, that was a Monday night game. I I think at this point those are the two best teams in the NFC. I agree. However, I saw cracks in that armor, didn't you? Yeah, especially with San Francisco. San Francisco is a darn looking good defense. The uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, he's the latest. He's the latest savior, the greatest coach ever to live. Yep. And but they have a quarterback problem there, don't they? Oh yeah, you know Jimmy G. The uh, luster is wearing thin. 
you know, it's like, wow, there were some plays where you just like very Jared Goff like. Yeah. The Rams have. Now, this will be interesting to see. The Rams, who I've been following, and, and, and I was like, you know, fantasy football does that. They have problems. The problem with the Rams is that they they're all in. They went like, "What's his name from Jeopardy?" I'm all pushed chips all in. Yep. And uh, they don't have the cards to back it up. They uh, they have Jared Goff, who is a average quarterback that they re-upped for what 110 million dollars. Huge money. They've put money in players that are hurt. They have no offensive line. And they have no draft picks. Yep. And it's my theory is that McVay will be gone within two years. I think you're right. And I think he's going to go to another team. He's going to jump ship, and uh, he's going to do what he can. But I was shocked that they re-signed Goff. And and it, it, it's, you know, is he as bad? You know, is is he as as bad as some people say? No. But is he as good as they think he is? Definitely no. In my opinion. I agree. I think that uh, they definitely re-signed him too early. Um, you know, he he definitely hasn't proven he hasn't lived up to uh, what his contract is. Even he's not even close this season. They're struggling mightily. It uh, it's not a good situation. And I agree with you. I think that uh, the coach will be gone in a couple years, and I think he'll go to a place that you know. The Rams are going to be in cap hell for a while. Yes, yes. And he'll go to a place where he's got more flexibility, uh, a decent, you know, decent to above average quarterback, where he thinks that you know, with the cap flexibility, he can build a decent team around him and try to get his good name back. But it's amazing how quick the mighty have fallen because yeah. this last season, every coach that got hired had ties to McVay. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I had lunch with him in an airport. Oh, oh you know, come in. You get uh, you get a minimum of three interviews for the head coaching job over here. You know, oh, I accidentally bumped his shoulder uh, at, uh, at a McDonald's one day. Oh, yeah, come on in. We'll interview you. Well, the saving grace with, with, uh, with our coach, with LaFleur, is that he also has ties to Los Shanahan, who appears to be very, very talented and is living up to, to his hype. Uh, but you look at somebody, teams, teams or organizations that are just not good at organizations, case in point, the Cincinnati Bengals, they definitely reached on their their uh, their coach who had ties to McVay. And uh, I think they're reaping those, uh, those the lack of reward in that case there with Cincinnati, who I, I it looks like uh, right now is, is going to be, we were, we were going to say it was, it was tanking for Tua, I don't think it's Tua anymore, do you? No, you know, get hurt again today, Burrow. and uh, Burrow makes sense too because he has ties to Ohio there. Yeah, it um, Tua is, uh, you know, he's hurt, you know, and, and we've we've seen players play be the year they come out get hurt, and and maybe not have a good year, and then they actually turn. Tua is very talented. I'm not saying he's going to drop a third round or anything like that, but I think. He was, you know, everybody was kind of winking and saying, this guy's going to be the number one pick. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case now. It still could be, but I, 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 you just wonder. 
It definitely could be, but um, you know how it goes. Every year, there's always a dark horse candidate uh, in the, for the quarterback position that comes out of nowhere, impresses, you know, at the Senior Bowl, impresses at uh, his pro days, stuff like that, and then just rockets up the board. Uh, I think Tua is going the opposite direction, and uh, I think when it's all said and done, he will not be uh, the top pick. And, uh, you know, you got to wait three, four years, especially at the quarterback position, maybe even five, uh, to see how it plays out and who the best pro is going to be. But um, if I was a GM, I wouldn't pick two a number one. Yeah, going back to that 49er uh, game uh, with, with the Seahawks, uh, I guess I think it was Kyle Shanahan mentioned, he went back, looked at the tape, 108 yards to drop passes. Oops. Yeah. So... And this is where you got to be careful. Are you trading, you know, people, I, I get a kick out of this, and especially listening to, you know, 105.7 The Fan here in Milwaukee. And uh, people wanted a, the, the the Packers make a room for a wide receiver. And, uh, you know, there's wide receiver. It's not fantasy football. You know, and you can't just say, well, add a fan, add a receiver. The, the prices were way too high. They were paying, uh, I think, a premium for the receivers that were out there. And and are the 49ers that much better with their no no so I mean it's like and it's hard for a receiver to come in this late into the season. Uh, there's been exceptions, and you look at you know everybody goes well. Look at Andre Risen. Well, I don't think the Packers are in this that situation. I think uh, and there's other ways to go about it. And you also have a hell of a running back named Aaron Jones, right? And where the hell is this Ryan Grant guy that they signed? Uh, you know, that the receiver position is my biggest concern for this team because, you know, Geronimo Allison, uh, you know, he's, his face is on the side of a milk carton. Uh, MVS, it seems like. No, he- he's been getting some catches lately, but he hasn't really been able to step up. And, and, and MVS supposedly is hurt. And he's probably hurt more than what they're saying. I hope so because uh, it seems like they only can use him on deep routes, and uh, mm-hmm. he's completely ineffective every other way. I don't think he can cut. But um, you know, that said, I don't. To me, wide receiver is going to be the next position to go the way of the running back position. Yes, I I totally agree. I, yes. I, I, I think the days of the yep. high-priced diva wide receivers is going to be over. And these teams are going to realize, especially as the quarterbacks command, so much more and more and more of this cap number and the percentage of the mm-hmm. cap every single season that, you know, teams are going to look at them and say, hey, man, that's fine. You know, you're a quarterback. You're the most important position on the football team. Um, and on the field, but because we're cutting you such a huge-ass check, you better get the job done with third-round, fourth-round wide receiver talent. And if you're good enough and you deserve your contract, you should be able to do that. And so I think that uh, we're only a couple years away from wide receivers being in the same boat that running backs are. You know, and, and you know, there are exceptions to that, but you it's – you you know how, how many? I always go back to people. How many w- wide receivers won Super Bowls? 
And of course, oh, Jerry Rice. Well, Jerry Rice is an exception. Jerry Rice is the best re- wide receiver of all time. Right. Jerry Rice is an exceptional talent, and he's one of these guys who would have been. I don't care where you put him on the field. He would have been good whatever he did. He was an exceptional athlete and, and had exceptional qualities, training, everything. Hard uh, drive, right, exactly. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't that he put an asterisk, but an asterisk because he was so exceptional. But I mean, really, I mean, who has really stepped up? And now you look at you know the and you the prototype to that is the New England Patriots, right? Look at the wide receivers they've gone through on that team, and when they went Super Bowls, you know the the NFL Network did a documentary on, on the Patriots. Do your job. And it basically said the reason why the New England Patriots win Super Bowls is because not because well they're they're they are exceptionally talented they have talent very talented but there's nobody you know somebody that really just it's not a it's not a uh, a team of Hall of Famers I guess is what I'm trying to say but it's it's a team it's a very cohesive team and they all know what their job is hence do your job. And we saw that when they when they won the when they, when they won over the Seahawks and that everybody has has their job to do. Everybody does it exceptionally well. Yeah, and then you saw it when they lost in the Super Bowl, the only game that season with right. Randy Moss as their wide receiver. So, you know, uh, I I agree with you. They didn't lose because of Randy Moss, right? But you know, it was, and I still say you should have been a Packer that year. Yeah, I agree. You should have been the Packers in that Super Bowl instead of the Giants. I agree. But look at the Giants now. That's a team. That's a franchise that is certainly struggling. What about the Cleveland Browns? Uh yeah. Uh, Cleveland has actually been the first team to have a locker room after a game in which they won feel like a loss. Yeah. Miles Garrett, defensive end, who by all means is a very supposedly stand. I've never met him, but by all accounts, a stand-up guy. And it is a t- very talented. He's the third number one guy in defense, uh, and, and just lost his mind, didn't he? Yeah, he shouldn't have done what he did. I think that uh, the NFL has turned into the overreaction league lately. I think him getting suspended the rest of the season and and possibly more indefinite. So it's what six games this year. I don't. I don't think he. I. I, I think. He, he is. Well, for first of all, uh, after the game, they let him talk too long. He should have just gave kind of a bit of a statement. They let him talk. the The, the Browns PR right. staff should have cut him off. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mouth. Because he gave a statement, but then they were trying. They the the reporters Baiting were kind of bait him in that, and they, they should have pulled him. So that was an error on on their P- PR staff, but. He's 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 doing everything he's supposed to be doing right now, and and he's you know. But then again, what else can he do? But I I think you'll see him. I I don't think he, this is something. This is something that's going to follow him forever. He's going to be known. Let's right. say let's say they do cut him. He goes to another team. Let's say he goes to Dallas. Dallas wins the Super Bowl, or whatever team he goes to. You know, he's going to be interviewed on this stand, and they're going to say. Wow, how does this how does this you winning the Super Bowl transpose to that that what happened in Pittsburgh or in Cleveland I should say. 
you know, and it's like, you know, it's going to follow him wherever he goes for the rest of his life. It is. But I will tell you that um, I got such a kick out of it because I sat there and I didn't see it live. I was at uh, at the Slayer concert that night. So I get back to my hotel out in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm checking Twitter and all this, all I hear is, oh, my God, the ending <laughs> of, the, of the Browns and Steelers game. And, you know, I flip on uh, NFL Network and, and I see what happened. And, you know, but all the idiots sitting there oh my god that's assault they should call the police on him yeah there, there's Shut always up. those people that are going overboard yeah what a fucking joke like yes he hit him in the head with his helmet okay well mason rudolph was the one who started it he tried ripping miles garrett's helmet off he was the one who hit miles garrett in the nuts it looked like Miles Garrett was backing away and everything was going to be over, and Mason Rudolph kept running his stupid little mouth because he had a 350-pound uh, behemoth offensive lineman in between him and the behemoth Miles Garrett. So, you know, he is a loudmouth buddy that always starts shit and writes checks that he can't cash. You know, we all have a friend like yeah. that. But all these idiots. Well, he's oh, the guy. He's he the guy could that have killed him. That gets to fight in the bar, then you have to, you know. Yeah, you got to clean it up. Yeah. You know, but oh, he could have been killed out there, and you know, just shut up. It overreaction. If I was the NFL, Steve, I would have come out, and I would have sat there and suspended Miles Garrett for four games, and then I would have quietly reduced it on a late Friday afternoon to three. No, I and I would have taken that. some heat, and I would have dealt with it. But when you're suspending a guy because of actions on the field of play that were started by someone else, yes, he lost his head. Yes, he shouldn't have done it. But you know, you lose your temper. You start seeing red. You do some stupid things that you normally wouldn't do. But. Um, there is no way in hell I would have given him six games with the opportunity to give him more next season as well. Just a complete overreaction and all the idiots that are all up in arms and, oh, my God, you know, is that a, is that attempted murder? It's a <laughs> assault with a deadly weapon. You know, Wait, give here, me a break. Here, here, here's, the, here's the two I have the problem with, with Marquise Pouncey who should have pounded on him. Of course. I mean, was pounding on him with his fist, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with that. Me too. You're protecting your quarterback. Okay, fine. But where he fucked up, he got up and then he started to do the gangland Robert De Niro kicking. Yeah. That's where he screwed up. If he would have just did that and walked away, he might have escaped. They might have gave him a suspension of a which a game, which they probably would have done just because. But he really screwed. I was like, you did the kicking thing, and those pouncy guys are him and his brother. They're known, right? If there's a chance for a scrum, they're gonna go at it, and uh, I, it's just very disappointing. And then the other guy, sixty-five, uh, Anuba Wambwe or whatever his name yeah. is, the cheap shot. 
pushing pushing him from behind. Oh. It's like beating up on Randy Wright for God's sakes. You know, the guy you know, the guy is barely two hundred pounds in that and you push him from behind. That was a cheap shot. Yeah. He, sh- he should have got three games just because it was a cheap shot and who he did it on. It was a cheap shot, but Mason Rudolph should have shut his damn mouth. And he's the one that escalated it. He was the one that kept it going. He was on, the guy was on, Miles Gear was on top of him. He's had a shitty game. He threw four interceptions. Oh, I know. You know, I mean, and, and here's Miles Garrett. You finally won. You won a national TV. You've been getting your ass kicked on national TV all year. Everybody's been saying, you guys suck. You finally win a national TV. Get off the guy and walk away. I know, but I was sitting there. I was driving around on Friday and listening to the big show, and one of the callers called in and had the greatest line. He said, where I come from, if you run up, you better be prepared to get done up. And Mason Rudolph ran up and got done up, and he's got nobody to blame but himself. And, yes, you know, like I said a 100 times already, Garrett should not have swung the helmet at his, you know, ugly-looking head. But he did. He saw red. He lost his mind. We've all been there. We've all done, you know, stupid things, angry that we regret. But, like I said, it's just a complete overreaction. And, um, you know, I I don't see really what the big deal is. So It, It is a big deal. And plus it happened on national TV. And it's the it's the era we live in, and they're the number one sport. So, and you gotta, you know, it, it your hand the NFL has to do that. I was does it need to go on beyond next season? No. Should and he I think be he's suspended gonna, longer than people that beat their wives and children? Well, that's the other thing. That's something they have to address. That's yeah, I t- totally agree. It's Larry Ojinobi who I'm thinking of, the guy at 65 who who did the cheap shot. Let let's switch gears. Yeah. I want I want to talk about a number. Number 12. Number 12. No, not Aaron Rodgers, the original 12. The Bratwurst. Zeep Ratkowski, who uh who unfortunately passed away, but I tell you what, you lived to 88, that's pretty good. That's going to be longer than any of us are going to live to. <laughs> you got that right. So, uh Zeep Ratkowski started started as a bear. And I think he went to the Rams, came in and uh uh you know, people think people who know Packer history uh, especially our, our younger listeners and that think of, you know, Bart Starr, Bart Starr was the quarterback. Bart Starr was always the quarterback. It's like Brett Favre or someone even like Ray Aaron Rodgers. Bart Starr got hurt a lot because yeah. it was a different game back then. Those guys got the shit kicked out of them. They sure did. And there's a lot of times if you look, especially if you look closely and if they all show other team highlights, they'll show like the Rams or the Colts or they show – shot uh, highlights in the 60s of them playing the Packers, you'll see who's number 12 or who's number 17. They'll show other – There's it's not always Bart Starr in there as quarterback. Right. But the the pro- prominent one, the most prominent one, was Zeke Rakowski. And Packers had a, a, a merry-go-round of, 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 of quarterbacks coming in. And but the the most prominent one was Zeke Bratkowski and who 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 epitomized Wisconsin and, and football better than Zeke. Like I say, he came in with the Bears and later with uh, the Rams was was traded and and played quite a few games with the Packers and then uh, was a coach and actually came back for a few years again as a uh, as a quarterback because I think it was the Vikings held his rights. 
and they wouldn't release him. So they ha- he retired, became a coach, and then and then after a certain amount of time, they they were able to bring him back as a as a backup. And actually uh, started I think a few games in '71 when Bart Starr got hurt, and then they brought in Jerry Tagge, Scott Hunter, and those guys. But yeah, uh, just and then was for many years a uh, quarterbacks coach with the Packers, offensive coordinator, and was around the the was around the league for a long long time. Uh, was was in the Packers Hall of Fame and was always around for the Lombardi uh, uh, Lombardi Golfing Classic too, and was somebody that was always around uh, Wisconsin in the summer and anything involving the Packers. It's just a great Packers sportsman, and certainly sad to hear that he passed. Yep, definitely sad. Uh, Eighty-eight years—that's a hell of a life, and uh, you know, hats off to him and all his uh, contributions to. Packers and, and Packer Nation, and, uh, you know, he's got one hell of a last name, especially being, uh, you know, making most of his career in Wisconsin. You know, when started you started in 54. Wow. He was, he started with the Bears in 54, and I remember him a little bit the last year as a, as a backup, only because my dad liked him. My dad loves Zeke Bradkowski. Okay. By the name, you know, it's, well, that's yeah. a great name, too. Absolutely. Is that more Wisconsin? That's what Zeke I just said. Kowski, or you Midwest know? TV, even with the Bears. I mean, we'll give him, a, you know, when he was at the Bears, I'm sure the Bears fans loved him just because of that name, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, Packers, I mean, you look at some of the the backups they had, like John Roach. Who? Nobody yeah. knows who John Roach is. No. Cliff Crystal does, who wrote this article on him, but. Uh, you know, a Packers historian who we've had on the podcast. But well, Cliff Crystal knows everybody. Yeah, that, he does. Uh, that but, has yeah. ever been born. But 88 years old, that's a good run. And, uh, you know, it's sad to see, but he had a good run. And, uh, you know, God bless Zeke Brakowski, huh? Hey, you know, I, uh, I'm i sure him and Bart Starr are sitting together somewhere and uh, sharing a drink and talking about the good old days. You bet. And uh, speaking of good old and who do we got next week? The 49ers after this bye. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait. This is going to be a huge measuring stick for the Packers. You know, we Are just you, talked about I how, just don't want people to panic if they lose. No, I don't want them to panic either. And I don't want to, and I just said it's a huge measuring stick where the Packers are at. But that doesn't mean if they lose that they're not as good as the 49ers. I wouldn't rank them higher than the 49ers right now in the NFC. We discussed mm-hmm. that at the beginning. Um, I think the 49ers have more talent uh, overall on the roster than the Packers do. But I think the Packers are a more complete team than the 49ers. So I fully expect Green Bay coming off their bye to go on the road and to get the job done and pick up a win in San Francisco and to vault themselves to the number one seed in the NFC coming out of that game. They certainly have the, uh, they, they certainly, if they do, they certainly have a good chance of doing it because they have the Giants, Redskins, and then they go against their divisional rivals the rest of the way. Bears, Vikings, and Lions. Yeah. And Lions looked like the this was going to be pretty tough. It, it's always tough. You know, they haven't had the best luck against Detroit, but Detroit has a lot of issues, a lot of injuries, and a lot of uh, other issues. Uh, we'll talk more about when that gets closer. But uh, that that the, the two toughest games they're going to have, uh, it is, and they're both home, uh, road games, is going to be the 49ers and the, and the Vikings. It'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, 12-4 and four isn't going to, isn't going to get of them a buy, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. But, uh, 
You know, it, it's amazing because I was just about to say, and when I was growing up, I always hated when uh, the quote-unquote old people are in my life would say, oh, my God, how time goes by so quick. And I was just about to say, I can't believe that they've already played 10 games and there's only six games left in the mm-hmm. regular season. You know, the uh, football season goes by, it seems like, in the blink of an eye, which is completely shocking Considering the kick in the nuts that we got with this cold weather and this early snow and all this kind of stuff, it seems like, you know, it's the middle of November right now. It seems like we're in January uh, with some of the weather that we've had. But for football season to be almost two-thirds of the way over already is just mind-boggling. scary. Yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, but... The good part about that is that right after the Super Bowl comes the Daytona 500. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I like I said, I, I fully expect the Packers to come in, have the week of self scout, you know, blah blah blah, and uh, figure some figure some stuff out, add some new wrinkles, and uh, and be able to confuse Garoppolo who's struggling, and. Uh, and I, I fully expect them to get the job done. All right. So I totally agree. Uh, we'll see what happens, but let's not panic. That's, that's the only thing I request. And, and, and have a drink this weekend for Zeke. So, don't panic if the Packers lose, and don't celebrate and jump all up and down and run around the street naked if they win. Just because if they do beat the 49ers, that doesn't mean that they're going to win the Super Bowl. If they lose to the 49ers, it doesn't mean that they're going to lose every game the rest of the season. Relax. Keep your helmet on, kids. <laughs> and don't hit anybody with uh, with anybody else's helmet. But don't overreact, win or lose, or helmet strike. All right. That's a fun one. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast.